Welcome to Rewind Cinema, the podcast where we go back in time and randomly select a movie to give our uneducated opinions about. Let's emphasize uneducated. Uneducated. Okay. Extremely uneducated. Uneducated. My name is Matt Morris. I'm joined by my co-host. Gabe Whitehurst. Yes. How are you doing, Mr. Gabe? I'm good, Matt. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. The third episode. Episode three. Episode three. I, like, are you you so happy that we're even here? Like, we've made it to... Three episodes. Yeah. That's more than, than I can say for my, like how hard I worked in any, any sport in my life <laughs> or any, like anything I've ever tried. Yeah. Not really. I mean. Well, well, this is easy. Yeah. We just sit here. Yeah. And drink bourbon and talk about movies. Yeah. Okay. I'm well, good. Good to see you, Matt. Good to see you too. Um, it's still hot in this apartment, but yeah. that's appropriate because we're going to talk about a movie with some volcanoes. That's right. The amazing... 1980 film released in March. What is it? When Time Ran Out. All right, let me have your attention. The lava's still coming this way. We're going to try to make it to a safe place on the other side of that crater. Anyone that wants to come along, be in front of the hotel in five minutes. And it's rough country, so dress for it. Now, now, wait a minute, everyone. Listen to me. Listen to me! We've got everything we need right here. Now, this is my island. And I know it better than anyone. Believe me, this hotel has been built to last. It's grounded in bedrock. And I tell you, you stay. You stay right here. This is your only chance. And don't be panicked by easily frightened men. You want to follow this man? Why are your men dead, Hank? Why? I'll tell you why. Because they didn't come here where they'd be safe. No. No. You wouldn't let them come like I told you. You wouldn't listen to me. Well, there are deaths on your hands. Okay, so this movie was a colossal flop. Oh my gosh. It's the kind of movie that your dad has, like on DVD and like his shelf that he never watches, but no, it's like on, one of his on favorite VHS. Now. Yeah. From <laughs> like ages ago that you find. Oh, it's got to be on Blu-ray at this point. <laughs> I don't think you'll find this anywhere on Blu-ray, uh, Matthew. Well, I wish. Uh, this movie had a budget of $20 million. That's estimated. That's a lot. $20 for, million. Dollars. For 1980. That's more than Windwalker made. Wow. Because Windwalker made a lot of money. Go back to episode one. Please <laughs> listen to our review of Windwalker. <laughs> yes. Uh, the gross in this movie was $1.7 million. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> they spent $20 million mm-hmm. and they grossed $1.7. So it made, that's like, what, like 5% of its budget? I'm terrible at math. I'm an, I'm an acting major. I think it's I 5% know. around. Yeah, awful. 5.5. We'll go with that. The tagline of this movie, tale of passion, power, mystery, spun on a web of mounting danger. <laughs> Again, what does that even mean? That It just reeks like 60s to me. How like do you 50s spin something on a, on a web of mounting danger? Because you're getting wrapped up in the web like a little buggy. Oh my gosh. Uh, the director is James Goldstone. He doesn't. He didn't really have anything of note, to be honest with you. No. Um, he kind of did a lot of these types of movies, like movies that had big budgets but were kind of B films. Ended up being B films. Yeah. So the, th- the important thing about this movie is Irwin Allen is the producer of this film, and mm-hmm. he had great success. Yeah. Like the '70s were this disaster movie obsession era. Like they made the Poseidon Adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you read any review of this. Uh, movie they're going to talk about the towering inferno which is a lot of the same cast members actually in both movies Poseidon Adventure and the towering inferno a lot of the same people Mm -hmm. Paul Newman is in towering inferno 
almost everyone else is in the OJ. <laughs> OJ's in the Towering Inferno. <laughs> He's in the Towering Inferno. Okay, so that, <laughs> think about this. The Towering Inferno and Poseidon Adventure were both made before this film, right? Mm-hmm. So in the 70s, they both look mm-hmm. incredible. Like, they both look so much better. And they both are so much better. So this, Erwin Allen, his wife is in these films. She's great. She's the little, you know, bubbly blonde lady. She's always, like, doing feats that are way more than she can handle for her girth and mm-hmm. age. <laughs> but she's great. Uh, gosh, I forgot her name. Um, uh, in the movie? No, her her real name. Uh, oh. Oh, my gosh. I do not remember. I, I lost friend. her. It doesn't matter. Um Anyway, the point is, Erwin Allen had these huge hits. Like, he, he made a lot of money, and mm-hmm. he, he made great movies, and this was sort of his last effort, and it was a sh- just a piece of crap. I'm yeah. sorry. It was awful. It's garbage. It's total garbage. It's hot garbage, oh my and I'm going to love ripping it apart with you, but the talent, Paul Newman, I mean, everyone probably knows Paul Newman, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Cool top, Hand Luke, the salad five. dressing. Top five for me. He's great. He's great. He's a, he's a looker, too. He's a handsome guy. And then the other one that I felt worth noting was Pat Morita. Oh, my God. Karate really? Kid fame. Yeah, of course, Pat Morita, but like, <laughs> dude, you, okay, what our listeners need to understand, yeah, Pat Morita, yeah. okay, but this movie is like chocked full of celebrities. Yeah. Ernest Borgnine is an incredible actor. Yeah. Like as an actor, I love Ernest Borg. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, Paul Newman. I'm talking about careers after 1980. Though. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Well, I'm talking about before 1980. Okay. There you go. William Holden. Red buttons. Red freaking buttons. <laughs> uh, 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 I can't uh, remember any of the women's names, unfortunately. Um, gosh, what's his name? Um, Burgess Meredith, yeah. who, for our, our listeners who might have, I don't know, I'm 30, so I grew up, I, I loved Grumpy Old Men. I should not have been watching that movie when I was a kid because it's mm-hmm. really, really dirty. But Burgess Meredith is the funny old father mm-hmm. of Jack Lemon. They call him Dad, and he's freaking amazing. He also played Penguin in the Batman TV okay. series back in the 60s with Adam West, so he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, moving on to some trivia here. This was actually nominated for an Oscar. Best one, best costumes one, Oscar. One, one Oscar, yeah. Yeah, one. Best costumes. Best costumes, which is fair. They were good costumes. Um, and then a little bit of trivia about kind of Paul Newman's involvement. Um, this is from IMDb. Paul Newman confessed in interviews towards the end of his life that this film was the only one he ever did for the money. He referred to it as that volcano movie and said that he and most of his cast uh, knew it would be a bomb from day one. Many believe that part of his salary from this movie was used as seed money for his salad dressing company. And then it goes on to Newman's list. Zone. Yeah, Newman's Own, which is delicious. But it goes on to list some of his um, charitable efforts that he had through, uh, through Newman's Own. Um, and then it's, this is also the final feature film of this director. Yeah. So this probably killed him emotionally and killed him professionally. <laughs> and I think of the, the, of Erwin Allen, the producer, I, I could be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Tweet us, let us know if we're wrong. Um, another small bit of trivia, which may or may not be true, but on IMDb, someone had noted that a lot of these actors like Ernest Borgnine, Paul Newman, Jacqueline Bissett were under contract mm-hmm. with, with the same producer. agent. right? Yeah. yeah. And they basically like made this film to get out of, it was like the last thing they had to do for this guy. So that's why it's a steaming pile of crap is they yeah. just, none of them <laughs> wanted to be a part of this movie. I think, I mean, maybe they thought it would be great because based on his history, but mm. yeah, I don't think so. Um, oh, man. One last trivia fact is I saw, I read this somewhere. I don't have the exact science on it, but somebody said fracking this close to a volcano shouldn't be possible. I read that. Because the, the pressure from the volcano doesn't allow 
like deposits of oil to form. Yeah, like there wouldn't actually be oil. So this plot doesn't, it shouldn't exist. Scientifically, this is bunk. I don't think they cared. No. Um, this has an IMDb rating of 4.4 4 with 1,992 ratings and a Rotten Tomato rating of 0%, which has five oh, ratings. Oh, man. You can enjoy this movie, though. Oh, yes. You can enjoy it for what it is. Oh, I highly recommend you all watch this film. Yes. Please. Like, if you want to have a great night in of just cheap fun, rent this thing on Amazon. I, I think you can it's rent it. It's like four bucks. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, you know, grab some friends, grab mm -hmm. some beers, and just just enjoy the magic of mm -hmm. When Time Ran Out. So we'll jump into the story here. Um, it, it opens in a plane. It's kind of a useless scene between two characters. Shelby Gilmore, who's a millionaire, and Kay, who is uh, this woman who's romantically involved with Paul Newman's character. Kay Kirby. Kay Kirby. Kay Kirby. Later in the film, he married. He proposes to her, but she turns him down. The beautiful Jacqueline Bissett, by the way. Mm -hmm. She looks great in the oh, film. Yeah, she looks great. Um, and then we kind of see uh, Paul Newman's character get brought in. He is the foreman of this um, oil rig. He, they hit a huge deposit and oil goes everywhere. It's a cool scene. There's like oil flying around yeah. and they kind of like have to, I don't know the terms, but they, they stop like the spigot. They have to, to like shut it off. Yeah. Like the cap it or uh, I do not know the to, terms. You know, I'm just making these up, but one of them's going to work. Yeah. So, it'll hit somewhere. I, I will say though, you, you jumped over. I'm not going to talk about this a long time. I know, uh -huh. I, I know I can read about the intro. Just, I thought the intro it was when nice. I, when I turned it on, I thought it was going to be a legit film. It's yeah. kind of a cool shot. It's this guy in this like weird space suit mm -hmm. walking across basically this volcanic it's pla Bob. plane. It's, yeah. it's Bob, one, uh, the, the man who is, there's a hotel on this island. He's the developer. Mm -hmm. He's super invested. He wants it to succeed. And he's, we don't know who it is at the time. I thought it was Paul Newman, honestly, but it, it's not. But the mm -hmm. music, the soundtrack was like pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good original music. Uh, and I thought it was going to be a great movie. And then <laughs> that, that, that was probably the most legitimate like filmish scene in the, in the whole movie. That but, hope was dashed. Anyway, yeah, so good opening, but yeah, we're moving on. Um, so there's talk of the volcano exploding. Like people are seeing kind of like the spectrometers and of stuff course. Like going off. Of like course. the, I don't remember the seismic meters are like going up and down. Yeah. The um, pressure is building and it, it, yeah. Dr. Webster is in there looking at all this stuff. Uh, another character that just ends up not mattering, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's probably due to the fracking. Um, Hank is going to warn Bob about the volcano. He's going to say, Hey man, this volcano is going to explode because we're fracking over here. And Bob, conflict of interest does not want it to stop because he wants the money from the oil deposit on the land that he technically owns. Yeah. Uh, he also doesn't want people to worry about the resort. He don't want them to leave the resort. Yeah. There's a lot of guests mm -hmm. and he's, again, he's invested. He, he's, he's not, he's like a super dork, man. I did not like Bob. He looks exactly like Burt Lancaster, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it, so like you think it's him, you think it's Burt Lancaster. Burt mm -hmm. Lancaster would have been much better in this film. Um, Couldn't afford him. Couldn't afford, maybe they couldn't, I don't know, they could afford Paul Newman. Well, they couldn't fit him in after Paul Newman's salary. Their budget probably just all went to Paul Newman. That's why it's so. It actually all went to shooting on location. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. So and anyway, Paul Newman. anyway, so back, back to the story. Bob's upset. Uh, he's like, well, you know, we're going to stay. It's fine. It's mm -hmm. fine. This does, it's not a big deal. There's yeah. no pressure. Literally, there's, this volcano is not going to erupt. Mm -hmm. uh, Bob wants to visit the crater. Um, and so. I wrote obvious chemistry between him and Kay. I don't remember the scene that's there, uh, but I guess there's some kind of like sexual tension between Hank, him and not, not Bob. Paul Newman wants. To oh, Hank, the Hank, my Hank. bad. He wants to go to the crater to check yeah. it. He wants to see it. Yeah. Which, what you? Know, let's talk about how realistic that is. We're gonna. 
They <laughs> go in the middle of a volcano. He go. He, he wants to visit the crater, yeah. listeners, but he literally wants to visit the crater. They get in this weird elevator crane. Before that, <laughs> I want to mention a scene in the movie that develops these two characters that literally do not matter. Goes nowhere. So this old guy's playing tennis. His name is Mr. Fendley. Red Buttons. Red Buttons. The great Red Buttons, he's, by the way. He's playing tennis, and he's being followed by a man named Thomas Conti. He's a cop from New York. Ernest Borgnine. Yes. The great Ernest Borgnine. Yes. And so he finds him on the court. He, the, Mr. Fendley comes off court, oh and then gosh. he confronts him. He's like, hey, you're stealing bonds. You stole bonds in New York. Mr. Fendley's like, uh, no, I didn't. Yeah. And then that scene cuts. No, he, goes, he goes, are you a cop? Yeah. And the guy's like... Yeah, maybe whatever. Yeah. I'm investigating. I'm following you. Yeah, he tells me he's a cop and he's going to follow him. I've been following you around. Yeah. All right. He's like, I could could spend 10 years here or whatever he says. (laughs) Like, yeah. And then it cuts. It goes nowhere. Yeah. I mean, they're in the film the rest of the way. Yeah. But that that, scene is there to build the foundation for them being involved at all. It it wraps up like at the end. Mm -hmm. They're little, but again, doesn't matter. uh, As I was reading the reviews of this film, it was a big thing, apparently. And people still do this today, but. 70s disaster movies or 70s films in general had a lot of plot lines. Like they just mm-hmm. thought it was a really cool device to have like six plots at once. Ooh, big deal. Mm, yes. But it really, it's so stupid. Like it always this works movie, out so well. It's so ridiculous. Like this plot between these amazing actors, mm-hmm. like that's why they didn't have any money. They, I mean, location, but you're paying Ernest Borgnine and Red Buttons to like be like, hey, I'm a cop. I'm following you. Mm-hmm. And all right, well, you're not going to catch me. And that's it. Mm-hmm. It's, it was, it was, so bad. The There's writing. a lot wrong with this movie. God. Sorry. Um, so we learn that Bob, the guy who owns the resort, is hooking up with the receptionist. Her name is Lalani. Again, goes nowhere. Yep. Doesn't matter. He's just <laughs> cheating on his wife. Yeah. Uh, his, his, his sweet wife, the daughter of Edward Holden, who is kind of like the investor. Mm-hmm. He's like there to... He's the Donald Trump of the uh, oh <laughs> of the the resort. Of this resort with this unnamed resort. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all of a sudden, Bob, this the main, one of the main characters in the movie, mm-hmm. we find out he's cheating on his wife with a, a, a native to this island. Yeah. Who's like a receptionist? She, like, yeah. She, she works greets at, people. She, yeah. Yeah. Pointless. Yeah. So. Um, at this point, we go down to the center of the volcano. They get in this pod. And this is where you can really see this movie should not have been filmed in 1980. Oh my God. This scene is awful, people. It's amazing. It's, it's awful. Incredible. So they get in this pod, and they get lowered in on a pulley system. And they get too close to the, 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 the lava, I guess. And everything starts to malfunction. And, and so the bottom, like, breaks out. And yeah, okay. The bottom, by the way, is made of glass. glass. Yes. Glass. Non-tempered <laughs> glass, apparently. <laughs> They're suspended in like a Willy Wonka great glass elevator over this lo- this freaking volcano. They mm-hmm. lower it by a massive futuristic crane mm-hmm. into the crater. And they're getting all hot and sweaty, and they're like, well, there's no... They try to turn the AC on in this thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's super futuristic for 1980. Yeah. But that would never happen. No. Why, w- why would Paul Newman want to go into a volcano just to look at it? Oh, it looks like it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow. Let, let's, let's dive down in there and check it. No. He's, he's got to see it, man. And um, Inevitably, as you were saying, the glass breaks. The glass breaks. Dr. Webster almost falls in. They yeah. have to pull him out. Very and tense. Some stuff like... You, you, they do like a side view of the, the capsule, and it's like this really crappy model. Like one of the worst models. It's, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, so we won't stay on that too much longer but um 
they get out because this dude tiny who is i guess hank's acquaintance or like his friend that just kind of follows him around literally pulleys them he pulleys three Physically. grown men he, he goes to the manual yeah. the manual thing they're like oh crap the it's not working and he's like where's the manual lever and mm-hmm. he breaks into this closet and cranks it you know like an old woman churning butter like <laughs> to lift that's a good way to put it this these three men in a giant i mean maybe okay it's a pulley system that maybe the weight is distributed yeah it's you know counterweighted maybe, whatever. or whatever yeah anyway and, it then, and then it starts to work and they reel him back in they get him back in uh bob downplays the severity of the situation he's like no nothing happened dude it was just fine um, he's obviously interested in the profit of his resort. He doesn't care about the safety of the people. Yeah. Um, Hank wants to shut it down, but Bob is like, Hey, if you shut it down, I'm going to ruin your career yeah. and do all this bad stuff to you. Paul Newman says, this place is a powder keg. <laughs> should have said this movie is a powder keg. Yeah. I don't, he probably wouldn't want to say that if I get fired, but it's okay. Um, so he goes back to the oil rig, Hank does, and he tells all of his men there. He's like, hey, this volcano is going to explode, and you guys are right next to it, so you should probably leave, and we should shut this all down. All of the workers are like, hey, we have families to feed. We can't leave because we, we need the money for this. And Hank is like, okay, I told you so, and then leaves. <laughs> all right, if you guys, if it's that important to you, <laughs> yeah, all right, you can work. I guess it was there to show that Hank's a good dude and cares about people. Yeah. I don't really know. So... um it's then at that point that Hank's assistant goes into town, tiny, and he brings a chicken to have a <laughs> cockfight. And then you get, surprise, Mr. Miyagi. Pat Morita. He just comes out of the back and you're like, that's, what is he doing here? That's Mr. Miyagi. That's Mr. Miyagi. But is this, is this pre-Karate Kid? This is pre-Karate okay, Kid. Okay, okay. Karate Kid was like 1980. He was in Happy Days, man. Six? Pat Morita was in Happy Days. So he's, he's oh, been around. He had some rep. Yeah. So they're doing a, they're going to have a cockfight or whatever. That scene doesn't. <laughs> you just brushed over that line. They're going to have a cockfight or whatever. Yeah. The scene doesn't, doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> you're exactly right. Yeah. I just thought that the word cockfight is hilarious. And yeah. Just like, gonna have, yeah. Tiny goes into town. Total, again, another plot. It's like someone just put a bunch of plots into a cannon and pulled, yeah. and pulled the, the cannon and they Shotgun shot everywhere. Plot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Tiny goes in to cockfight. Mm-hmm. He, he brings up his prize rooster. He bets $10,000 on this rooster mm-hmm. against Pat Morita. Yeah. And that scene goes nowhere. Yep. Except they all die later. Like most of this movie. When a massive tsunami, yeah. tsunami strikes, <laughs> yeah. whatever, we're almost there. St- stick with us. Um, so Conti confronts Finley again outside of the uh, resort. He says, hey, I'm still following you. You're still doing bad things. And Finley's like, I saved, I ate sandwiches for 20 years and I saved my money. He's speed walking. He's speed walking. He, he's speed walking. Red buttons. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to see red buttons speed walking, watch this film because he does an amazing job. Very fast. I've looked for it on YouTube, but I can't find it. Anymore. <laughs> Very fast speed walking. He's he, he he's walking briskly. He's like, hey, that's a nice jumpsuit, Ernest mm-hmm. Borgnine. Oh yeah. Where'd you get that fly Adidas? You know, uh, <laughs> uh, jumpsuit, sweatsuit. Yeah. And he's like, I. <laughs> He's like, I saved my money. I didn't spend money mm-hmm. for twenty. It's stupid. It, again, stupid. Yes. Scene. Uh, then we have a scene out on the beach with Hank and Kay. It's a very forced love interest oh scene. God. That's like, okay, we have to fit in that they love each other here. And why? Kay shows up, and you know, you know who's going after Kay? Yeah. The developer of the uh, the not Bob. No. Not, not not the young developer. Yeah. No. Shelby, the, the millionaire. Shelby, the millionaire. Yeah. He's interested in Kay. Yeah. And. Bob is married to Shelby's daughter, mm-hmm. which he's cheating on with Lolani, the native to yeah. this island. Anyway, why? There's no backstory between Kay and Paul Newman. No, None. But he's dreamy, so she falls in love. No, but th- there's obviously... He-, he sees her and he's like upset that she's there. Oh, they- yeah. They there know is each a, other. Yeah, that's true. 
There is she, a little bit of a story there. She's flirting with him, and she finally can, she's like, I, I, I put a picnic together to go on the beach. And he's like, all right, fine, we'll go. He's so <laughs> In disinterested. In helicopter, yeah. Oh, sweet Paul Newman. Like, he's just not into this film <laughs> at all. Neither of them are. Oh, my God. No, she's not either. They do a great job. Yeah. But because they're, you know, it's Paul Newman, but, like, yeah. he's just not there. Uh, we see the volcano erupt, finally. Um, and then they're like, they freak out. They take the helicopter to go pick up Nikki, who's on a ranch. I don't know why she's on a ranch. Uh, oh, Nikki, by the way, again, is... is oh, Nikki's Bob, Shelby's daughter. Bob's wife. Yes, who's, Bob's who's wife. cheating on? Yes. Nikki. She's on this ranch in the lowlands of this island yeah. like, riding a horse. Nobody knows why. Nope. Nope. Never explained. So uh, he gets off the... Or, uh, so they pick up... <laughs> this is one of the best scenes in the movie. So they, they pick up this family. There's like natives to the island. There's three, there's like a, a man and two two kids and yeah, then another like man working at this horse stable. Yeah, or something. So Nikki and then and then the the family and um they get on the helicopter and they're flying away, and and Paul Newman's like I shouldn't fly over this lava because it's gonna like <laughs> knock somebody off or he says something I don't remember what he well, says. But. No, y- you missed the part that they pick this family up and two men, mm-hmm. one on each. Yeah, side, they're hanging out on the side. They stand on the railing of the helicopter because they uh-huh. can't fit everybody, so they stand on the sides of the helicopter and they. Yeah. Hold onto the window, and their feet are on the on the the bottom rail. Uh huh. So okay, so continue. They're they're flying. open in the air. Yeah, they're they're out in the open. Yeah. And Paul Newman says the air is going to be really choppy over, over the lava. over the lava. Yeah. And so they go over the lava <laughs> because that makes sense, <laughs> right? And a dude falls out, but it's the best because it's a green screen, and he it's like amazing. he falls in the lava, but he's like falling sideways. You can tell that they dude. like he was on the ground. I think they're like, just roll over and we'll make you smaller. <laughs> There's so many green screen <laughs> falling to your death scenes, and there's like five, and it's, in, it's incredible. Yeah, uh, for that alone, you have to see these special effects. Like it, the movie's terrible, but if you can bear it, the special effects are amazing. It's it's embarrassing though. I mean, it's it's 1980. Yeah, like the, it's one of the best comments on you uh, on IMDb right now. As I. I one thing we did talk about this movie, I told you last night, mm-hmm. someone, some genius comment that's like a 1980s <laughs> disaster movie that looks like it was made in 1970. Yeah. It totally does. It, it looks like it was made before the Poseidon Adventure. It's it's awful. It yeah. Just visually, I don't under. It's awful. Yeah. Um, so they get to the resort. Oh, the tidal wave. This is when the tidal wave rushes through town. Mm. So it kills everyone that was in that cockfight in the cockfight except for mr miyagi who's there later for some reason i don't know how he got out yeah what anyway so that, that that's the fate of the cockfighters yeah they all just die they die in the tidal water which is a metaphor for life and then <laughs> um they get to the resort bob is like hey we gotta leave or no bob is like hey everyone's got to stay in the resort but hank is like we gotta leave Paul Newman says we got to leave. Paul Newman says we got to leave. Hank is Paul Newman. Yeah. Um, Bob, the guy who owns the resort, says, no, everyone stay. And I noted this in my notes. He gets very angry. Yeah. And I was like, why is he so mad? It's money. Oh, I know. But at this point. It's cash money, dude. At this point, dude, there's been a freaking volcano eruption. (laughs) Like, it's not not conjecture. And it's like, oh, this might happen. Yeah. No, no, no. It erupted and a freaking tsunami swept through the little village and killed hundreds of people. And Bob is like. Come on, Hank. D- d- everyone's fine. D- d- just don't don't make us leave, you jerk. When he's mm-hmm. all mad about it. I'm like, you're a moron. Like the the volcano is active. Get if, off. If Get off life has taught me anything, it's always about the bottom line. <laughs> 
I, I would expect nothing less than that. <laughs> so um, at this point, a bunch of pedestrians ambush the helicopter, which is their only mode of escape yeah. at this point. They or freak out. They freak out. They take the helicopter. It's about a five-minute scene where they ambush this helicopter, and people are falling off, and, and they're dying. Well, and Paul, Paul Newman steps in front of the helicopter. And he, tries, he, he tries to stop people. Yeah. He's like, don't do this. He gets and knocked he, out. He gets knocked out, Yeah. and they swarm... Okay, civilians like know how to fly a helicopter? No, because they die. Well, this, <laughs> this but this guy has the line. He's like, "We're we're gonna take the helicopter." Yeah, I'm like, you you're you're like a some idiot staying at this hotel on vacation with your family. Like, he, he paid the ultimate price. He did. They they, <laughs> they it's, explode. It's actually it's so sad. Many people die, but it's a very funny moment. They're oh, flying man. this just crazy helicopter over the ocean. People are falling off. I hate to tell you this, but real people don't die when they die in the movies. Oh. So it's not that sad. Okay. Well, I was I was trying to be sensitive to oh, okay. to our our more sensitive audience, but they they all die. they crash into the side of a mountain and the yeah. helicopter explodes. Yeah. Um fireballs shoot from the volcano to the resort. Cotney or uh, Conti catches fire uh which blinds him. Ernest Borgnine. Another yep. Yep. layer of um empathy there for yeah. the old cop. He he stopped stopped dropping and rolls and interesting the the plot line you know the cop is chasing this uh, red buttons and red mm. buttons has to put the fire out that's like the first little breakthrough in their relationship mm, yes their important relationship <laughs> he takes his jacket off beats the fire puts Ernest Borgnine you know out of his misery he's still alive but he's blinded mm-hmm. so they wrap his face like a mummy and like the biggest bandage I've ever seen in my life like from mm. his nose to his hairline and okay moving on um Shelby tries to get Nikki to leave, but she wants to stay with Bob. She's delusional. She wants to stay with that cheater. Right, Bob's wife. She's like, he loves me. I want to stay with my husband. So she stays. Um, A lot of people stay at the resort, and then we just have a small gang from this point out, really. That's Hank, Kay, Shelby, Mr. Miyagi, Conti, (laughs) Fenley, and then the trapeze couple who we haven't really talked about. We haven't talked about Burgess Meredith. Yes. Uh, vaudevillian greatness. Yeah, actor. so him and his wife were trapeze artists, and they were staying at the resort. Right. They mention this in the film when they're first introduced. Someone recognizes them and says, hey, aren't, aren't you that couple? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we're the circus performers. We didn't mention it because it doesn't matter until now. <laughs> well, it matters at the end. It matters now. <laughs> yeah, it'll matter in a few minutes. Uh, Brian, who is the dreamy kind of other native islander guy that was with Lolani, but she's cheating on him or oh, won't get married so to him. stupid. Why? It's a plot that was introduced in the first 10 minutes and then reintroduced now that still doesn't matter. It's a plot that no one cared about, so mm-hmm. they just they were like, it doesn't matter where this goes. And then they also have the dad that they got that didn't die in the helicopter and the two kids that were in the helicopter. Yes. So uh, that's uh, your group now. A worker at the stables with his two children. Yeah. His wife dies, though, right? She's not in the movie, I don't think. Oh, okay. Maybe I made that up. I think it's just him and the, the children. He dies. He dies right. later. Yeah. So uh, that's your group now. It's about 10 people. They leave in their cars, but then they get the road gets blocked, so they have to go across this Hold on. Cliff. They offer to take people. Oh, yeah. Nobody goes. And people are mad because they're, uh, yeah. they're scared, I guess. They're yeah, like, yeah. why should we go with you? Why should we trust you? And Paul Newman's like, fine, whatever. Let's go. Yeah. So then they leave. Little do they know. So uh, they, they're taking their cars 
their jeeps and stuff there's like three of them and they get caught behind like an avalanche on the road a bunch of rocks a bunch of rocks can't cross it so they're like all right let's go up through this like sugarcane thing and then we'll go across this tiny sliver of a cliff the road has fallen away yeah it was like a road on a cliff and it's now eroded except if you think about the logistics of how that road would have worked it wouldn't have made sense (laughs) because it came from the top so they would have had to go like 90 degrees up no it didn't make sense that doesn't matter there's a road hugging the side of a mountain That, that that happens, right? That, that's a thing. Maybe. And it, and it I've now, never been to Hawaii. Now, <laughs> thank you for saying it that way. Thank you. Um, now that the volcano has erupted, apparently just, hey, this road, mm-hmm. there's no lava over here, but hey, the road's gone. It's a sliver of rock makes, that you can walk between. Yeah, makes total sense. So Paul Newman's like, all right, get out of the cars. We'll have to walk the, the thing. M- mind you, Ernest Borgnon is blind, blind. And, ra- <laughs> and his hands are wrapped. So he, he's, he can't, he's like a <laughs> penguin. He can't use his hands and he's, and he's blind. Not that penguins are blind, but... They have to lead him across anyway. So they cross this treacherous cliff. Not all of them. Not all of them. <laughs> the dad dies <laughs> the, of the two children that the, we don't care about. Yeah. Again, don't care about them. The random father, who you have no <laughs> empathy for whatsoever, falls off the cliff and another amazing green, green screen, screen moment, mm-hmm. and he dies. He dies. Uh, <laughs> and then we cut back to um, Nikki. She catches Bob making out with Lilani. He says they're not going to hide it anymore. She finds him. Mm-hmm. She finds him. And she's really mad about it, but she just kind of huffs and puffs and leaves. Bob has a like a dumb line. He's like, if you... Oh, it's not going to be a secret anymore. Or like, we're not going to hide anymore. He's like, if you you should just get out of here. If yeah. You, I don't know. Oh, he says it to Nikki? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't remember he, what he, he says. He has a bad line. It's like, if you... There's no place for you here anymore. Yeah. Or some <laughs> stupid line. Just like that. And Very she cries. Sensual. And she goes to her back to her bedroom and... Okay, guys, I, I don't want to overhype this, but then we come to the pinnacle of filmmaking. Oh, my gosh. The third act of the film is crossing a bridge. It's 20 minutes long. <laughs> it's the- Legitimately, 20 <laughs> minutes of this movie is them crossing a bridge. It is incredible. If you ever want to watch a movie about bridge crossing... <laughs> Just uh, watch the last 30 minutes of this movie. Please watch this film. So a lot of stuff happens here. Um... Hank walks across the bridge. He, he's tes- the, he tests He's it. the brave guy. But yeah. then he walks back across the bridge. Yeah. Did you have an issue with that? Yes. Me too. Yeah. He, he okay, this, the filmmaker takes 10 minutes yeah. to let Paul Newman cross this rickety, okay, my, under the bridge is a mm-hmm. river of lava. So it's literally lava. Mm-hmm. Paul Newman is like tiptoeing across this bridge. Of course, he falls through. He falls a few, through, A yeah. few slats break. He, you know, his leg falls through. Oh, it's so tense. It's so scary. He makes it all the way to the other side. And instead of turning around and saying, all right, it's safe. Come on. I, I broke everything that was sensitive. Get over here. He just... Walks back across. He, and, and he does it fast. He, it, it's like not tense at all. He just like runs across the well, bridge. Well, he knows where all the broken spots are. Get, oh, okay. He so. tested the bridge. Sorry, Paul. He knows where <laughs> all, he knows where those sensitive parts are. Yeah. And, and, and then he gets back and he's like, all right, let's cross. Let's go. And I'm like, yeah. you, you idiot. And then some things happen that are clearly there to make it more tense, but it doesn't matter because nobody cares. And it, it, the, <laughs> the kids disappear. The two little kids that are with him disappear. The oh, they, trapeze they, they, wife dies. The, the, the kids run away. They the, run away. The, They're the, scared. The father from the stables has two children. They just yeah. they get scared and they slip off into the, the woods. Yeah. And then the trapeze wife dies. Burgess Meredith, his wife, the blonde lady who's in Poseidon Adventure, the great... Uh, oh, God. She's married to the producer of the film, Erwin Allen. Her last name mm-hmm. is Allen. Shirley Allen? Something I Allen. Remember. She's in all these films. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. She just... Passes away. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Wait. That, that's not his wife in the movie. His wife in the movie is like inconsequential. She's sick. 
Yeah. She has a weak heart. Yeah. Sorry, it's not Shirley Allen. It's a different actress. She dies because mm-hmm. she basically has a heart attack. She's yeah. scared. Yeah. Cut to Burgess Meredith lay, lying on top of her, and he's like, oh, she has, she has a weak heart. She just got too excited. Paul Newman's like, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. You have to come with us. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, I'm going to stay here. She, you know, she wants me to stay here. And Paul yeah. Newman's like, wait, those kids ran away. Where are those kids? And Burgess is like, she would, she would, she wa- would want me to go get she those kids. She would want me to find those kids, man. <laughs> so he, this little 80-year-old elfish, elvish man, hops off into the woods mm-hmm. and comes back a few minutes later, just magically found... Has the, the kids. He found the kids. And then the most tragic moment in the movie, Mr. Miyagi passes away, mm-hmm. falls and burns to death in the lava. <laughs> Oh, he's and, crossing the bridge with some other random woman. I don't remember who it was. A woman, some blonde chick. Uh, in, in a, okay, another great IMDb comment. Thank mm-hmm. you, uh, whoever reviewed this. She's wearing like a red mm-hmm. 70s silk, uh, like a romper. Yeah. You know, but, but, but with, I don't, by the way, I only know that word because I'm married. My wife <laughs> enjoys a You don't a, have to defend yourself. She enjoys a good romper. <laughs> this romper goes, I guess it's not the shorts. It's like a le- it goes all the way down. So she's mm-hmm. fully clad in like red silk. Jumper. Jumper, sure. Yeah. When she falls into the lava, it's, it's hilarious because all you can really see are like her hands uh, and her feet and yeah. her face <laughs> because it, mad, it blends in with the red lava. Yeah. It's, just please watch this movie yeah. for that, just for that. Uh, the bridge then breaks, leaving just some metal poles that were supporting this bridge, like mm-hmm. thick metal beams. Yeah, like the supporting you know, this random bridge in Hawaii, like the side of the bridge. Yeah, I don't know what it is, like the skeleton. The kind of the thick metal that they use to keep the subway up when they're above ground, like it was that. It was thick. Yeah, it was thick metal. Yeah, you could walk across. I mean, you could treacherously walk across this, which this they metal, did. Which they do. I'm just questioning why the metal was there in the wilderness in Hawaii. I don't know. It was a bridge. It was a well constructed bridge. Why you why you got to why you got to rag on the contractor who was who built that bridge? It just doesn't make sense. Anyway, so um, they cross the bridge, and then Hank is left with the two kids, the, the trapeze husband, uh, whatever his name is. You know, Burgess, Burgess Meredith. He he crosses, but he's like, I got to go back, and I gotta I gotta cross again with the pole. He already crossed once, didn't he, with the pole? Uh, no, so he's he's on the side with the, with the kids. Yes. Paul Newman is last. So it's them four. It's the yeah. two kids. And, and so Burgess Meredith, now he has a new will to live because he found mm-hmm. these children, so he, he decides whatever. He's like, go get me a, a pole, for lack of a better term, a pole. Yeah. And, he, and Paul Newman comes back with like a 12-foot bamboo shaft. It's like as thick as your thigh, like mm-hmm. your, your forearm. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, we remember he's a tightrope walker. Yeah. Because that... It's perfect. Yeah. And he's like, get on my back, little boy. <laughs> and this little like Hawaiian, I, I don't, is this even in Hawaii? We I don't, think it's Hawaii. I don't know. We don't know. I think it's Hawaii. Maybe some Polynesian uh, I don't know. island. This kid hops on his back. Burgess Meredith walks across the metal with a freaking balance pole like he did back in five minutes five minutes five minutes of this i mean he's walking so slow you think he he could die like he could just die because he's so old he could just collapse and die i want to meet the person who thinks this is suspenseful i want to i want to see who this person is in real life you know like who's watching this is like oh my goodness they may have fall i don't know tweet us if you think this is suspenseful at rewind cinema pod i mean let us know get uh, a bunch of joke emails that, oh yeah it was so, <laughs> oh, it was oh, really it was so, come on man um so 
he, he crosses with the kid. Paul Newman's like, all right, I'm not going to wait for you to come back because that would make too much sense. I'm going to take this girl. She's mm-hmm. going to piggyback on me and I'm going to cross. Yep. And so he crosses, but he slips. He slips. He's holding on for dear life. By his, like, by his forearms. Like he's hanging. He's holding on for dear life. Dreamy Brian sees that the bridge is falling. He takes a stick and sticks it in between the metal pole on the ground and he just puts some, some counterweight some on it. It's some leverage. It keeps uh, the bridge from slipping down the, uh, the a, mountain. A small man uh, yeah. holds up a, a steel bridge that yeah. probably weighs, you know, however many tons. Go ahead. Totally practical. Yeah. So uh, Paul Newman yeah. gets up, he crosses. That only took 20 minutes. Um, and then a fireball shoots out of the, <laughs> the volcano and just wipes out the resort. And the last thing you see is Nikki going, and then she dies. Oh, yeah. Nikki, uh, Bob's wife, who, who's been cheated on. So she's already sad. She tried to support Bob. Mm-hmm. She's in her bathroom. And it's one of those, like, trying to be serious. She's looking at herself in the mirror. And, like, mm-hmm. her mascara is all runny. And she's been crying. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the bathroom lights up with this bright red light. And it's it's amazing, Matt. Like It really is. This fireball. The thing, like, can it, like... It was like a straight-up Hadouken, dude, just yeah. straight from the volcano. <laughs> the, the, the volcano Hadouken, <laughs> this resort, yeah. it freaking catapulted a fireball perfectly. Yeah. And it just, it, it's like a weird, like it cuts and shows all these people, and the lights turn up really bright, and of course they're incinerated in fire, yeah. and they all die. Perfectly placed fireball, two points to the volcano, <laughs> like everyone's dead. Did you ever play that game Worms? Oh yeah. It, it, yeah, it's like getting the perfect trajectory. It's exactly worms. right. It, you're, you're launching a grenade just yeah. perfectly, like yeah. uh, whatever. Uh, so she's she's burned up in fire. Everyone dies. I'm Everyone assuming. dies. We don't see anyone else. Bob's got to die. They all die. He gets his revenge for being a horrible husband and, yeah. and whatever. Um, they find a cave to hang out in. The gang that's still alive, and they're there. And then they get out, and it's over. And the movie's <laughs> <It's> over. over. <laughs> They get to the other side of the volcano, and then it's, <laughs> it's daylight outside, and, and then you, it's over. And you know what the, the, last, the last line of the film, Paul Newman just, they walk out of the cave, they're walking down into this lush green valley, and the ocean is before them, and Paul Newman just says, we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And then they, they walk. And, and, uh, cut to music. Well, cut to music. No, no the credits yeah, start credits, to roll. Yeah. They're walking down a hill, and I'm like, nobody knows that there's been a freaking volcano eruption on it. Maybe. Maybe yeah. someone contacted the mainland. Maybe there's going to be a ship that shows up and picks them up. The movie's over. We I, don't know. I watched the whole credits because I was waiting for that thing they do in movies now where they have a small scene after the credits. No small scene <laughs> no, after no, the credits. Don't no, watch the credits. Me too. I fast yeah. forwarded through the credits going, there's got to be something here. Yeah. Because like, nope. the, there's no resolution. No. We're, we're going to be okay. It's over. And uh, so so that's, that's the movie. Like, they... We are left... I, I'm assuming... Right. If I'm a good watcher of film, we mm-hmm. have to suspend our disbelief and say, "Okay, so a, a, a cruise ship, uh, you know, pulls up and, and cast and away, rescues them." Yeah. Right. Like they know there's been a volcanic eruption. Someone called. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They just they just walk down. Maybe they set up a little village and it turns into Lost. Like maybe they're maybe they built another resort and yeah, the, the cycle happened out of again. bamboo. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> I don't, and that's the freaking film. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so it, it's so horrible and so wonderful. Yeah. Please watch it. Yeah, it's um it's not the best. So let's go ahead and and talk about our ratings now. I guess I'll go first. 
I think we've already hashed over a million times how terrible this movie looks. But I do think that there is some enjoyment to be had from this movie. I think yeah. if you look at it for face value yeah. and you say this is a disaster flick that was at the end of the disaster flick era, really. I mean, we still have disaster movies, but there were movie after movie after movie mm-hmm. in the 60s and 70s yep. that were about the end of the world or just bad stuff happening. Yeah, just something being on fire. Yeah. And so if you look at it like that and you say, I can just sit here, spend an hour and 40 minutes on unfortunately <laughs> it's a pretty long movie it is yeah. you can take it for what it is the costumes were actually good i understand why it was nominated for an oscar it really fit the the period and, sure. and all that and the acting was phoned in all the time um mm. there's never there's never a moment where i was like that was some good acting it just it just flowed and, and yeah. the, the script it tried to introduce so many characters that didn't matter it tried to make so many plots work that we ended up not paying off for us i'm going to give this Point 0.5 Hadouken <laughs> oh, fireballs out oh of five. Oh my gosh. Point 0.5. Point 0.5 Hadouken fireballs. Hadouken. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so you were, you were less generous than I was. This is the mm. first film we've disagreed on with a rating. Although I, I agree with your rating. This was a, this was a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts. Um, I agree with everything you said. There's way too many plot lines here that just go nowhere. They establish something and it just, drifts off into space and no one cares. No one cares. Mm-hmm. By the end of the movie, uh, Ernest Borgnine and Red Buttons, the cop and the, the guy who has, I guess, stolen something, he assume, you know, he's chasing him down, Red yeah. Buttons. Like, they, they become friends, basically. Like, he, he saves his life, and so that's the resolution, I guess, to this stupid plot line that shouldn't be there. He's like, I guess I'll let you go with a, with a warning. I don't, it's, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So they walk off in the sunset. Ernest Borgnine, one of the best actors of our time, is like so underutilized in this movie. Red Buttons, so underutilized. Burgess Meredith, same thing. Paul Newman, bless his heart, is just not there. Like, he, he does a great job. He's Paul freaking Newman. But you can watch, and you see him like, <laughs> he should care a little bit more that people are being burned alive and there's the volcano. He's just sort of really calm about it. You can tell he just he's just out of it, man. He's like, this is the last movie you got to make for this dude. Uh, I'm out. So uh, everything Matt said, sure, costumes are great. I don't know. I didn't live in the 70s, but they look fine. Uh, effects, utterly horrible for 1980. You should be ashamed of yourself, Irwin Allen. Just a piece of trash. I gave this uh, uh, 1.5. I didn't have as funny of a rating. Uh, 1.5 eruptions um, out of, out of okay. 5. 1.5 eruptions out of 5. The same general idea. Same general idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. One, I mean, watch it for fun. Maybe make a drinking game out of this film. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I don't know. Four bucks on Amazon Video. If you just... Yeah. If, like, if you're into movies and you just want to watch it for your history, do yeah. it. Dad, if you're listening, if you haven't seen this movie, watch this movie. Get it down out of the attic. <laughs> Find a VHS player, Dad, and plug it in. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure we still have one and, somewhere. Uh, yeah, and watch it. Okay, well, thanks for joining us on our third episode of uh, Rewind Cinema. Uh, we just have a few little plugs here. Social media links. Go to facebook.com slash rewindcinemapod, twitter.com slash rewindcinemapod, rewindcinema.com. Uh, we'll be on iTunes, Stitcher, hopefully Google Play, all that kind of stuff. Rewindcinemapodcast at gmail.com. Indeed. Send us your thoughts. Send us whatever you want. Um, iTunes, give us a review. It doesn't, I'm not asking for five stars. Gabe is asking for five stars. Give us what you want. 
Tell us the truth. Give us five stars. Give us five stars. Uh, and then if you like the music that you've heard in the podcast, the song is Spoonful by Natural Anthem. Uh, you can find them at naturalanthem.net. They have links to their Instagram, their Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Great music. Give them a listen. Anything else, Mr. Gabe? Uh, no. No. Thanks for listening. Thanks for um, listening. Catch us next time. We're going to be reviewing some good stuff. Until then, Matt. Bye. <laughs> Watch more movies. <laughs> Watch more movies.